0: Um, So allow me to introduce you. Daphne Valson of Daphne Valson Coaching is a leadership and business coach based in the lovely Miami, Florida, and is a certified professional coach through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And you are an official member of the Forbes Coaches Council. You go, girl. You go, girl. Um, Not only that, you are a darling, a sweetheart, and a woman of tremendous compassion and a great advocate for giving back to the community someone that i cannot lie i really do have you know i have a, i herald you as a role model in my peer circle of friends especially being a an african-american woman from an graduate of university of florida and something i've seen in you from from 10 years ago was just how active you you were on campus. And it's so cool to see how consistent you've been over the years. So I welcome you to the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm so grateful to know you and to have you here.
1: It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, well, why don't we jump right in? Because I'm sure you have a lot to tell. And I think a lot of people have a lot to learn from you and your expertise um, as a personal life coach. And as a business coach, I want to go ahead and allow for you to give, you know, have time to talk about your journey, and just how you decided to become a coach, how you decided to pick your niche, and, and just some things that, you know, people don't know, you could just be a basic run through of just your journey and how you got here.
1: Sure. So, um, I am the kind of person who is always someone to give back. Um, and I noticed that I had a gift for inspiring people and motivating people. So I was told that in preschool, I was a valedictorian and I was a speaker at my graduation. I don't recall any of that, (laughs) but that's what my mama told me. And then in sixth grade, I was, um, the woman of tomorrow, um, for my Mm. elementary school. So I had the opportunity to speak in front of hundreds of kids. I think it was 400 kids at the school, about my future goals and inspiration. Um, I held a lot of positions in high school. I was in 14 organizations, most likely to succeed. Um, Freshman year of college, most likely, well, not most likely to succeed, 14 organizations. um, Spoke at my college graduation from around 6,000 people. Um, So I kept being tapped for all of these opportunities um, to uplift and inspire. Um, And I always tried to be kind and compassionate to people. I remember Uh, in high school, sitting outside with uh, these gentlemen who were part of our gangs in our our local community um, who were at high school. And I remember talking to them about life and Mm -hmm. helping them plan out their futures and helping them to see what they could be doing after high school so that their past might be better. Um, And so this was something that I've been doing informally. And um, I was formally involved in education as Mm -hmm. a teacher, um, um, project for different programs. Um, I actually worked in education policy as well. My undergraduate degrees in public relations, my master's is in education. And so what I realized over the years was that I had a gift for tapping into the potential of people and ideas. And I got that from some time of reflection saying, what is it that I've been doing all these years? What's in my journey? Yeah. Um, And so what happened in 2013 was I, I met my husband and I fell in love. And I was in Alexandria, Virginia, and he was in Florida. Uh, and I decided that I wanted to go into something in terms of a career field where I could put everything together, a lot of things together about who I am and what seems to stand out and what seems to be the strongest aspects of my being. Um, and I chose life coaching. Now, at the time, I was on track to get my MBA. Um, I was looking at trying to go to one of the top MBA schools in the country and I was willing to go anywhere. I just took my GMAT, got a really wonderful score, um, and was on track to apply, had actually started my applications. But when I realized that I was going to be falling in love and possibly getting married, um, December 2nd, 2013, that was my birthday. I enrolled in my life coaching certification. Um, Mm -hmm. June 20th was my last day of work before I moved to Florida, um, and to get married, June 23rd was my first day in business as a coach. Um, and that week I got maybe almost 30 consultations um, to start my business. And in one day I had registered. I started my website. I opened up my bank account that June 23rd date started my business that week. Um, and when it comes to my niche, the way that I discovered that was that I tried everything uh, first. So I coached everything initially. That's what my coaching certifying trainer um, actually recommended that we do. So I coached everything, relationships, health, fitness, business, nonprofits, all kinds of things. And then I eventually zoomed into what it was that I um, found to be the the things that I loved the most, the things that I was most passionate about. Um, I've had clients where I've helped to like change their lives through helping their marriages or help them with fitness goals, all kinds of stuff. But when it came down to what I love, leadership and business coaching. So I am now a leadership and business coach. So that's just kind of a little bit of background about my journey.
0: Nice. Thank Thank you for giving us that, that, that background and telling us your story and how you fell in love. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, now did you, you went to IPEC before you applied to your MBA? You went through IPEC or after?
1: So, so yeah, I went to IPEC basically instead of applying to my MBA. So (laughs) um, my last GMAT exam was in December of 2013. That's the same month I got engaged. Uh, And that's the same month instead of going to the MBA route, I applied to um, IPEC. Perfect. And finished in October of 2014.
0: Nice, 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 nice. So tell us this now. I really want to give you platform and space to talk about, you know, your expertise within leadership coaching and business coaching, like in your, your breadth of experience of working with clients, right? What do you find are, you know, your most passionate topics within those, those niches?
1: Sure. So I want to start out by saying there's something that comes up with the majority of clients that I have who are going from vision to business um because i have clients going from vision to business or business to more profitable profitable business more seasoned business people um the topic that comes up the most is do i quit my job and start my business full time or do i work um part time start my business or do i just stay at work which people usually don't want to do um and start their businesses and um So first I'm going to tell you what my answer is to that. And then I'm going to tell you about what I think is the recipe for successful business, which is um, something that I I teach basically in one of my programs um, that I do. So, so I had a business coach um, who I believe launched me into being um, great in business. I've been in business a little over three years and she said um, she made multiple six figures in her regular job, left, um, made $20,000 her first year coaching, had to file bankruptcy. The next year went back to work, made $80,000 while working a full-time job. So $80,000 in her business and then her salary for her full-time job. Um, she encourages people to start a business while they are working because she says, you, if you can prove to yourself that you can make a salary and be disciplined enough with your time while you're working a full-time job, then you're more likely to be um, successful in business that way. Right. But if you quit um, your job, I've seen some of my clients take like three months before they've worked with me. They were out of work for three months, and the only thing they've been working on was their website, for example. And part of that, I think, is because they're not sure exactly what it is that they're supposed to be focusing on right um, in their business and that, and that's why i was going to go into that um, but one more thing another coach that i've heard at a conference i believe she at least made multiple six figures as a business coach she said my full-time job was my biggest investor so for her what she was saying was that there are some things that you'll realize as an entrepreneur will be helpful to invest in um conferences, right. yep. uh, branding, Um, even certain kinds of coaches, certain kinds of consultants, graphic designers, um, people who will create video for you, depending on what kind of entrepreneurial venture you're going into, you may even need money to buy inventory. And I've met people who they're either not working or they're not making very much money. And they say, I want to start my business, but I can't afford my inventory. I've heard someone say, I want to start business, but I can't afford business cards and business cards. You can get $5, $5. I say $5 because I was like, but $5. But she couldn't afford them. So if you have a job, you can say to yourself, as I, as I did when I had my nonprofit, I have a nonprofit as well. I put $400 into my nonprofits account every month when I was first forming it because I wanted to be able to, put, to, have, to have, have the nonprofit have cushion. All I had to do was adjust my spending priorities. That's it. That's all I had to do. So in business, it's the same. If you just adjust your priorities, working right. in, in the evening, all kind of, I think you can make it happen. So what is that recipe as to what you should be doing in terms of your time as a business person? And this is actually a program that I have for um, my business clients who are going from vision to business. I believe it's these six things. The first thing is what I call the successful business test, making sure you have a specific target market who is seeking out your products who will purchase your products or your services. Not only people who are like, oh my gosh, what you're doing is great, but they'll actually pay for it. Um, The next is results. So making sure that you have results in your business. You can Mm -hmm. prove that you have results. I I remember talking to someone who wanted to go into an area of business that she had no experience in. You have to prove somehow mastery um, or that you're able to produce results in the people you serve. Um, And and that's even if you have a cup-making business. How I know your cup's not going to break apart um, one of my clients brought a really expensive purse. She said it fell apart the first week that she started using it. Oh gosh. And the last thing with a successful business test is urgent need is what you're selling an urgent enough need for people to go and purchase it. That's even if you're opening up a restaurant, if you're opening up a restaurant on a strip of restaurants, how will you know that your restaurant is going to be empty while people are going to the other restaurants? What is so good about your restaurant that people would right. stop by? And get it. If you're a coach, if you say you're a relationship coach, for example, you need something more. You need something that's part of your your business structure that's going to tell people, I need to seek this person out. For example, maybe you're a marriage preparation coach. Maybe you are a break. They actually heard someone, on maybe an interview, a podcast, maybe. Um, She's a breakup coach. She helps people figure out how to recover from breakups. (laughs) He makes a lot of money, so you need something that's urgent That's urgent to people. Like, I broke up with someone, I'm depressed, I need somebody. So, that's a successful business test. The next section, part two, is business organization and compliance. What exactly are you doing with your time? If you're going to work four hours a day, if you went part time with your full time job, what are you doing to maximize the value of that four hours? Um, how are you organizing that? And also, what systems and processes are you going to have in place? What online um, tools might you be using? Absolutely. Maybe Mm-hmm. Quick books, how are you going to book appointments, like all that kind of stuff. And then the compliance piece. So I know a number of people who are operating their businesses illegally. They're taking your money. They don't have business bank accounts. They're not registered as a bit. Like you you really have to make sure that you're in compliance. Part three um, is the art of mastering your craft and packaging for profit. So you have an event plan. Right. That- how are you selling your event planning services? You have a beautician business. How are you listing your services? How are you bundling um, your services? How are you doing your promotions? Um, for whatever kind of business you're doing, you need to figure out a way that you can package it, even if it's a subscription box. How are you want to package that subscription box so that it's attractive and the art of mastering your craft? So if you do a subscription box this year, by three years from now, the whole industry may have changed. How are you going to keep track of that? If you're a coach, how are you keeping track of changes in the industry for whatever it is that you're doing? So that's Good. part eight. Part four is marketing tools and strategy. You don't need to be using 10 different social media tools to build your business. And you may I not have it. to be able to do that. So we have to really talk about for your business, what works best? Is it LinkedIn? Maybe not. Is it Facebook? Maybe not Facebook. Facebook doesn't have to be for everyone. Is it networking? Maybe yes, maybe no. If it's networking, what specific kinds of events do you need to be going to Absolutely. to maximize the value of your business? And what what is your strategy need to be? Part five is client acquisition and sales. So some people are in business a long time but never have clients because they don't know how to sell. That was me when I first started my business. I started out making $75 a month. Out of all those 30 consultations, only one person purchased, even though 20-something were interested. My big problem was sales. I didn't know how to close a sale, So I didn't know how to um, initiate the conversation that would have someone make a transaction right. in order to purchase my services, even though people were like, this was life-changing. They were crying on the phone. Oh my <laughs> god, this was amazing. But they didn't purchase. I didn't know how to sell. So we talk about how do you acquire clients? Right now, I was just telling someone, I just calculated it before I talked to them. Um, I have only five more clients that I would need who are business coaching clients for example in order to meet my salary goal for next year i know that because i have all of my current clients listed all of the money that will be coming in with them i'm um, through them on a regular basis um but i also have a list of about 60 something prospects that are worth eighty thousand dollars in sales right um, in order to meet my um my salary goal for next year so how do you have a system in place to be able to track um, those things to track the money that's coming in and track money that could be coming into your business. And the sixth thing I call next level business strategies. So you need to figure out a way to be an amazing, awesome kind of wow kind of business like this. in order to stand out. Um, I remember even when I started coaching, I was like, there's so many different coaches. What's going to make me different? Right. How do I to get clients? Like why would someone choose me? There are all kinds of reasons. So, you need to be figuring out how am I wowing my customers? How am I make, making sure that my brand stays strong? How am I being consistent? All that kind of stuff. After we go over all of those things, part one through five, and with my clients, we need to make sure we focus on all right, so what do we do now to take you to the next level? What have we discovered working like together are maybe some challenges, some areas of growth, and some things that you stand out in. So, that's something I'm really passionate about. You maybe are. Maybe, their jobs and and are broke and also making sure that they know what exactly they're doing in their businesses.
0: I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. I
1: love it. I love it. And you've been three years in business and you've seen phenomenal growth, right? I have. So I went from, um, from the $75 a month to now I'm at about a thousand dollars, um, in monthly revenues over my husband's salary. So yeah, so I'm doing very well in business yeah. and, and seems like it's, it's continuing to be a trend um, in terms of me doing really well. I kind of have it down as that's to what I need. It's t- <laughs>
0: yeah, a very good that. trend. I
1: love it. I love uh, it. It's a trend. It's a good trend, So this
0: is a perfect segue because obviously, and I think you alluded to this a little bit with what you were talking about in your six point um, coaching program. Um, I think it takes, right. I think it takes time obviously and growth to get to the place of, confidence and energy that, that's exuded from when you answered that question, right? And so because you're because I'm interviewing you as an expert in business coaching, I want to hear from you some of your personal aha moments, you know, along your path. And I think you'd already mentioned one, right? So sales is one of them. But what are some other, other things that you think you don't necessarily get a lot of time to talk about. Now I I include this in all my podcasts because I really, I love, like I'm a student of Seth Godin, Dan Miller, Timothy Ferris. And one of the things that I love about them and also Marie Forleo, et cetera, people you already know. One of the things I love also TD Jakes, right? His latest book is just amazing. Um, I love it when people who are experts talk about their blunders, because usually the reason they became experts in a field is because they had to overcome something where they were like, I wasn't good at that and I had to figure it out, you know? So, for you, Daphne, and again, this, I consider you like an older sister, big sister in the coaching field and just in general. What are some of the things that you had to overcome and were, became aha moments for you?
1: Sure. And I'm going to also integrate one of my clients as an example of this. Of course. Um, of these things. So, when a client starts working with me now. Yeah. Um, used to say this before but during our orientation i say at one point that the three things that seem to determine whether or not a client is successful in working with me when it comes to business coaching whether they're a seasoned business person or they're newer are fear focus and time management so the ability to push past fear the ability to focus in on one thing that they want to work on in their in their business Um, and then the third is time management. So being able to manage their time. Well, I've met some people who are amazing at what they do, but they're not doing work for their business. Even if they're working their business full time, they're just not yeah. doing that are needed in order to grow their businesses. Or I've met people who are amazing, but one person said, um, one of my clients, I'm afraid to market my business because then people might know that I'm not doing as well as they think. So she's not marketing. Um, her business so fear has an interesting that's an interesting yeah
0: there's so much inner conflict sometimes yeah
1: if you say I need clients or I want clients then the client's fear is that people will say well then they'll think I don't have any or they'll they'll think I don't have as many as
0: which is which is funny because all major corporations are literally saying that every day mcdonald's Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah like yeah, we need clients. We all need clients. They and all then,
0: start from the same place of we need clients. It's interesting.
1: And then the focus, what I was telling someone yesterday is, because um, she said, I want to start a business, but I have no idea what I want to start. It's just like being an engineering major. If you, yeah, University of Florida's engineering program was five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I know some people who at year four, they say you know what, I don't want to be an engineer. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a, something that's totally different. So then you have to start all over. And I think it's, it's worth doing that. But for some of the people I've worked with most, most entrepreneurs, I would say over 90% of the people I've worked with have multiple ideas for businesses. They might say, I want to, this is a fake example. I want to be a blanket maker and I want to be a singer. I'm like, okay. Okay. So they have different ideas. And so it's the focus piece is being able to zoom in Woo! focus. So now let me bring, <laughs> so let me bring the one client, one of my clients, When she was, when she started working with me, and then I'm talking about myself, she was making $3,000. The problem was $3,000 a month, sorry. um, Her expenses were about $3,000, and that's how much she was bringing into her business. She said, I have about, it was like $20,000 in debt as well. She said, I might be filing bankruptcy. She said, she was in her 60s, um, and she wasn't sure what to do. So after working with me and us basically working through those three things, i talked talk about fear focused time management, um, went to $11,000 a month, then went to $22,000 a month and has been pretty consistent in at least around $20,000 a month at this right. point. Um, but a lot of it was the mindset piece that uh, it, it, it affect, it was affecting, especially for her fear and time management, especially. Right, right So right. those right. things are super important. So for me, Um, my first few weeks in business, I felt like I couldn't breathe. My first few months, I felt like I couldn't breathe. There was at one point I told my husband, when I started to sell, to understand selling, I started selling every client. Every client said, yes, they would be my client. But my prices were so low, um, it became kind of overwhelming. Like I realized I needed to work like a gazillion hours a week in order to make like an actual salary. I remember telling my husband, I think maybe I should just get a job, which is not a a bad thing. It's an honorable thing to work full-time, but it may not have been what I was supposed to be doing. My husband said, no, this is what you said you wanted to do. How long do you need in order for you to feel like you're where you're supposed to be in terms of bringing in a certain amount of revenue? And I said, six months. And in six months, I was bringing in that amount amount of revenue. But I felt kind of guilty because I have credentials. I got degrees and stuff. And I know i worked really well for other people, I wasn't understanding why I was doing a lot of work, but I didn't see profit. The fruit of it. Right. Yeah, fruit of my labor. Yep. So for me, what I realized was a problem, well, a few problems there, was my focus. So when, if you saw my original business card, and I don't have it around me, but my original business card, I still have some, I'm trying to give them out sometimes, but um, it says that I am a small business slash nonprofit and personal development and college and career coach. That, so the problem is, yeah, that's the focus piece. So when people see that, they think, okay, well, she's not really an expert in any one of these areas, possibly. So um, she may not be the one for me. So now I say leadership and business, and they kind of go together. And be like, oh, okay, well, tell me more. What exactly do you do? Because they're like, oh, well, I think I can fit into that. So I think that I wasn't as focused and that wasn't allowing certain people to see me as the expert that they needed in order to um, to be able to accomplish their goals. So that's the focus part. I was afraid. And when you're afraid, I don't think you do as great work, of work. Oh. If you're a scared artist, um, if you're a scared dancer, if you're a scared athlete, you're, you're, you might not <laughs> as, as much as you'd like. My confidence was low. I was going into places where there were people who have been not necessarily in coaching, but in business for 20 years, 30 years. And here I am, I was in business two years. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going yes. be in this group. So that's the fear piece. And it wasn't allowing me to be able to um, be as fruitful in my business. Um, I think the way that I got past fear was actually talking to a coach. I spoke to a business coach for an hour and a half. The session cost quite a bit of money. And I gave that coach all the money that I had Made in my business thus, thus far. I hadn't paid myself yet. Um, and I think that was six months into my business. I feel like I could breathe. So I needed clarity in order to help me get past fear, but I also needed confidence in who I was. And for that business coach, who bought a million dollars in revenue before, she worked with me that year, the year before, to tell me that she thought that I had potential and she saw my website. So she's like, oh, this looks good. And I was like, my website, you think my website looks good? Was like, oh my gosh, I think I can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to push past fear, I had to get focused, and she helped me do that, too. And then the last was time management. I used to have, um, you know, my work time, and this was when I first got married, didn't have any kids yet, and I would be cleaning as part of my work time, or I'd be spending, like, three hours trying to resize an image for anybody who does any kind of branding themselves. Oh! Know what I'm talking about. So, I'm on these websites. I don't know. I didn't know about Canva yet. Canva's great, great tool. Um, so I'm trying to resize my image and fix the coloring and, yeah. you know, you know, make people on the back kind of uh, not not prevalent in the picture because I wasn't using professional pictures. So I was doing all kinds of stuff in my time that wasn't very helpful. I'm an organizer, so I was organizing files, making sure my files were organized, you know. But I wasn't bringing in that much money Absolutely. because my time management was off. Mm-hmm. I was distracted. I was not focused in um, my work time. And so yeah. I think that being able to experience those things myself have, has helped me. And I didn't mention this. So I only work 20 to 25 hours a week. The other time, I actually do um, stay-at-home mom kind of work, honorable work. Woohoo. So the salary right. I'm saying that's $1,000 over my husband's um, salary, the revenues, actually, I'm sorry, um, are actually as a result of only 20 to 25 hours of work. Right. So I have learned now to make the most out of every moment. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you give me an hour. I can, I can do amazing things um, with an hour. So I had to learn how to maximize the value of my time in order to be able to maximize the profits that I make in my business. Nice. So those are my aha sphere focus, time management in terms of my own journey.
0: You, um, I want to interject a little bit, cause I think there's some something to unpack that you would probably have some wisdom to talk about or to, to deliver to people who are listening um, is the imposter syndrome, right? Because I think there is a measure of value and credibility in people that you contract out as coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And wondering, like I think as as an entrepreneur, as a coach, you genuinely went through that fear of will people respect me, knowing that I only have two years behind my name of being in biz or being a business coach, right? And then you you push past it. Obviously, you deliver. Obviously, you have results. Obviously, we're three years out now, right? And so. There's that. But then there's the imposter syndrome of just feeling like, again, the kind of clientele that you want to get even more of is even higher than what you have now. So can you just speak to the imposter syndrome and just like how you regularly overcome that?
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think the number one um, thing for any, especially new business person to do, but I would say even for someone who's been in business for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, to do is to realize the value of the experience you already have. Right. So, I I have to tell you, I did my speech in preschool. Um, Isabel, like, I'm sure somebody will be like, "That is like ridiculous. Why is she talking about that?" But no, somebody's gonna hear that and say, "Wow, that is really amazing," or that I was speaking in sixth grade. Um, I could tell you some of the things that I did with students when I was teaching. Um, the stories that I've told about that era in my life have allowed people to respect me as a coach. Um, I worked with kids who were in some of the most dangerous communities in the country and had them basically turn around um, and be really amazing students and people and using some of the same techniques I use when I'm doing life coaching or leadership development. And then I, I had to realize I started a business, um, you know, be, albeit informally in high school, um, nice. doing sales training, uh, all kinds of stuff when I was in high school because we didn't have a lot of adult. Um, involvement, hired a, a, you know, a driver to take us to camp and had all the girls raise hundreds of dollars each through a program I created. Um, but I didn't realize that. So I had to really think about what is the value of the experience that I already had before becoming an entrepreneur? I'm not starting day one as a, as a coach in terms of being an educator or being inspirational or motivational or having a specific brand. The brand started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding that has been important. The second has been the commitment to expertise. So mm-hmm. um, it's always learning and growing. So I actually use Blinkist. Um, I believe it's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. So I listen to, because I'm a, I am a mom um, of a little one. I have a 22-month-old. I don't really have time to read books in, in their totality or even read that much. So I was doing audiobooks, but now she likes a lot of attention. Um so now I do audiobook reviews yeah. um through this program called Blinkist and there are a lot of different ones. I know my um yep. you know my what mentor one for
0: 2018 too, mentor box. I'm done. Yeah, mentor I'm box done. is one really good I'm one. Done. Like yes, I'm just like because I'm such a book junkie. Because I like to read genuinely, not even just for my own personal development I coaching like
1: practice. Reading. I see the books behind just you. don't have time. These are yeah, great. I used to buy a book a month. Like, I was buying books. I was before when I was single, before I got married. I was buying books all the time. It was great. I really? love reading. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, you know, I love we that do, method. we do. You know, you you genuinely like these people. You want to invest in them. You want to put them into pl- practice. But you know, I was talking to someone uh, um, the other day. I was like, you know, the rate at which that I'm reading, especially going through grad school and then oh, yeah. putting things together for my own business, I'm like, the rate of reading has like totally plummeted. Not only that, there's just a natural rate of reading, and then actually being able to apply stuff that you read that just takes time. And so in my head, I'm just like, look, can people just give me the concepts quicker?
1: You know? so <laughs> so I know. and I think that's why we're seeing things like mentor box or blingist or a mentor Paul Brunson has something called knowledge share.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah, you told me about it.
1: Yeah. Um, books, but I think if you don't have time to do, to do it yourself, um, so to read a book organically and I, I actually noticed most of the coaches that I know who are really successful, my previous business coach, yeah. um, other coaches that I listen to, Britt Castillo, she's a life coach that I listen to her podcast. Um, Rory Vaden, he's yes. a like, sales master and expert. They're all readers. like They consistently read lots and lots and lots of books regularly. Rory actually says, if you're in sales, if you say that you're, you do sales, you need to be, read every book about sales that you can get your hands on, especially those books that are kind of like a highly ranked Classic. book. Yeah. So what I, one of the things that I do is, even if someone has been in business for 10 years, the knowledge that I have um, from making sure that I'm developing consistently, professionally, yeah. allows me to be on par. And sometimes even maybe ahead, even a little bit ahead in knowledge, or maybe even more. more yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. new to the table, um, because I'm constantly pouring new things um, in, into me. And like you said, it's a animal, but I find ways to retain the information. That's the short version. Absolutely. I think really, really important to be able to figure out how you're gonna retain this somewhere. So I think those two things, making sure that um, you're mas- mastering things, but realizing the value of your experience, which inherently also is talking about realizing that you are valuable. You'll always meet, in my yes. opinion, people who are gonna meet you and say, oh, where did you get your coaching certification? I've had this question. Institute of professional excellence and coach. Some people are like, oh, that's wonderful. Some people will be like, I've never heard of them. Like, oh, okay, no problem. Who was your business coach? So-and-so. I haven't heard of her. Okay, no problem. Um, so right. I think you have to figure out, you have to remember that you are valuable. Absolutely. I like that. If you're a millionaire, if you're making $20,000 a year, if you're brand new in your business, if you've had a really hard season, a hard quarter in your business, you're still valuable. And one of the things that I learned from—I don't remember where—it could be th- Thinking grow Rich um, or Good to Great. I don't remember. I think it's Thinking grow Rich. Is that people recognize when you exude confidence? They do. And that actually helps when it comes to them actually trusting your credibility in whatever it is that you're doing. So if you're like when I was starting out as a coach, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" Well, I'm a coach. I um I have I help people yeah. to reach their goals and to- totally. People were zoning out. Who are you? You coach what? (laughs) So you have to, you have to, you have to, to genuinely believe that you're valuable. And there are certain mindset and self-talk exercises that you can do in order to make that happen. And that's what I had to do. One of the first steps I took um, as I was working with my business coach is write down all my fears and then write down statements to combat those fears so that I can move forward and do everything else. Okay.
0: Love it. No, I love it. Thanks so much for doing a deep dive on the imposter syndrome portion because I think I've I've navigated or navigated it personally and then I've also had a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, people in my accountability group, people in my mastermind group navigating the imposter syndrome. It comes up continually and I'm sure you're constantly going through places where you're like, I have to push past a threshold, another threshold because you're growing and growing and growing. So are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Sure. All right, perfect. Rapid fire. Question number one is in your profession, coaching profession, what's the number one thing people are forgetting in their business planning that, you know, now here's the thing I'm sure I know that your program is complete, right? But for the most part, maybe in your other circumstances of, you know, hosting workshops, speaking, and people say, well, I've already done a business plan. And then you do a quick assessment of them. You're like, Oh, what do you, what do you notice that they're missing?
1: Yeah, sales, a sales plan.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. I know people spend a lot of work on their logo. Yeah. A lot of time working on their website and maybe even on their social media, but they don't actually know how they're going to sell their product. or no. something.
0: That is so interesting. Number two, if business operations and branding were in a boxing match, who would Daphne bet on? Like, who, who would she bet on?
1: Branding. Really? Oh. That's- Thing.
0: tell me about that
1: yeah because your operations and when i say branding i mean just making sure that your messaging is in place so people know you exist if you're doing all of your operations but no one knows that you have a carpet business or a restaurant business <laughs> like you're your coach they don't know at all you're telling you're not even you're talking not, not telling your friends you're not telling family you're not telling strangers right but you have a well-oiled machine in terms of a business then it may be hard for you to do anything else. Nice. So I think the branding would will be, will be important starting out. Um, and one, one last caveat to this. Yes. Uh, it's, it's important for people to determine if you're a quick, there's an assessment called a COBE assessment to know if you're a quick start person or a fat finder person. Like if you're more worried about operation systems research or about getting your business started and find a happy medium.
0: That's good. That is, you've got to send me that or I'll look it up or whatever. That's such (laughs) a great, the the reason I put this question in my podcast for business experts and people who are starting their businesses is because I'm a happy medium person. Like I've had friends who are all about the branding, right? And then operations is just like, Oh, but I've also had friends that are like all operations. Um, And I think I tended to be all operations and my branding was a mess and so I found that there's this, there's this, you, you have to have a marriage of the two. You got to bring them, you got to bring them to the same table and let them eat together. So I appreciate that. That was a great, that was a great note. Number three, what's the biggest mental block that you see in emerging entrepreneurs that they need to overcome? You might've already talked about it. Fear.
1: I think that's what costs people to work on a website for a year and not tell anybody about their business
0: for sure. And that can go for anything, gifting singing. I mean, I've had a friend who was like singing and performing and then a year later she was like, Oh guys, I started singing. And I'm like, and she started a Facebook page and everything. And then like a year later, like the date of the start of the Facebook page was was like a year ago. We're like, what happened? Number four, do you think there's a threshold before starting a second business? especially because people are so entrepreneurial. Well, some people are very
1: entrepreneurial. Yeah. Uh, whereas I do there, I do think there are people who are, can start multiple businesses simultaneously. Most of the time, the majority of time, in my experience, it's best to be able to at least lay a foundation for one business, have a, a minimum um, amount of revenues that you're bringing in regularly, and then start the second thing. Good. Because people come to me and they have a whole bunch of stuff going on. None of none of the things are doing well. They're not profitable,
0: point. right? They're not. That's a great that's a great point. Number five, great customer service, according to you, is
1: responsiveness. Girl. I'm so passionate about it. There are a number of clients who have come to me because they were actually going to work with somebody else, but the person was not responding. Like, yeah, I met this guy; he was a really great coach. I tried to contact him for a year, and he never contacted me back. A year. Yeah, and I'm working with some someone right now who um. Between every piece of communication, it's many weeks, but the price point of the the service they're providing me is high. So I actually am going to give them some feedback about, hey, make sure that you're responsive or you send a note to say, hey, let me get back to you in about two weeks with next steps. Um, So that way the person knows that you're interested and you catch your prospective client um, or your client while they're excited um you're always always building even after you have someone to become your client if you're in the service industry you're always building credibility and trust and value so you always want to be responsive to the client and responsive to their needs so responsiveness yeah
0: it's so important you know it's funny speed to market it's it's a sales concept but speed to market is just as much as part of customer service as it is um just a sales comp you know concept because one of the i think it's like there's a phrase about this but the um how do you keep a client? Like, how do you win a client? Keep the ones you have. It's like that whole concept of keeping the clients you already have. Uh, Number six, personal philosophy on sales would be, like everybody has a sales style or philosophy. What do you think yours is? Or if it's still in development, what do you think it would be?
1: I think it would, it would be between consistency is key and confidence is key. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, because I used to be like, do an amazing coaching session. Oh, my God, people are excited. And I'm like, okay, so right now I'm supposed to sell this to you? This is how I close my sales initially. Yeah, I was like, so do you want to... Do you want to buy packages me? <laughs> rough, 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 rough. That was rough. That was how I sold that person. first. Was but really then again,
0: cool. you know what, though? You know what I'm realizing? Were you ever in a sales position
1: before your coaching practice? No. And one of my revelations is people who had jobs in sales are some of the best entrepreneurs. They're some of the best. Like, they are, they're usually don't have a problem making money. If you had a job where you were, such people commission-based. So consistency is key because there were also a few months when I, when I understood how to sell um, where I didn't do any what's called prospecting, determining who are some prospective clients. Right. Let me call them. Let me um, reach back out to people who may have shown interest. I wasn't doing that for months because I was afraid, fear, to call people up. I'm like, what if they think I'm trying to get their money? Which I was, but... Um, or what if they think that I'm icky or what if they don't have the money or what if they right. judge me and what if they think that's all I care about, all these kinds of things. So consistency, once I started scheduling sales into my schedule and some people suggest 90 minutes a day, some suggest two hours a day. I had all these clients coming in and also I like a year later, people coming in six months later yeah, after well, we the pipeline here. is what we used to yeah. call it. Business exactly. So yeah. the pipeline Began to develop and is is still really active i just did a promotion all i did was take an hour to post um, on my facebook and uh, maybe it posted yep. on my twitter or something seven thousand dollars in sales um, from doing an hour but it wasn't just that hour it was all the prospecting work i did before absolutely mm-hmm. it builds and it compounds yeah. i love so, it so I love yeah it. consistency and confidence I love it
0: number seven it's the final question of the rapid fire question session what book would you recommend for the she ventures tribe and yeah. why
1: take the stairs by Rory Vaden I don't know if anybody has recommended that before but mm-hmm. one of my clients said that it changed her whole life and she was in she said she had been in her business for maybe 30 years before That's almost my age um, but uh, so take the stairs basically explains how the people who are the most successful in business, do the things that they need to do, even when they don't feel like doing them. Pretty much. You go to networking events, you're a strategic networker, you make it happen on your um, set coaching sessions or whenever you're do- doing your service, you're calling a whole bunch of businesses. One of my clients was like, I don't want to call any businesses because i would be bothering them. I think that was fear. She'd rather email. Like You do the things that you don't want to do or you do the things that you have to do even when you don't feel like doing right Right. case studies of people who have been very successful in business and sales and all kinds of things um, and talks about just little specific things that they have done um, to be successful even even talking about marriage um, and saying that marriage successful marriage is about doing things that you need to do come on now even when you don't feel like body roll body roll roll. There's so many, there's so many regards
0: from what you're saying.
1: I had to make time to actually read the book and I have it here, but yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice, (laughs) nice, 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 nice. Well, we have reached the final portion of our interview time. Thank you again, Daphne. What I would like to end with is an opportunity for you to tell people who are listening where they can find more details about who you are, what you do, your packages, and any upcoming events that you'll be speaking at, any events that you'll be sponsoring for your nonprofit, etc. cetera.
1: Okay, sure. So if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me at www.daphnebalson.com. That's D-A-P-H-N-E, V as in victory, A-L as in love, C-I-N as in Nancy dot com that's www.daphnebowson.com um i do a lot of facebook lives Mm -hmm. so if you wanted to follow me on facebook i have like uh 4,991 friends or something like that so you might want to just follow me (laughs) i'm on facebook or um you can like my business page daphne bowson coaching um as well to see what's coming up um i just finished a promotion for um new clients have some new clients coming in. I have a group coaching program that's currently going on, but the next group coaching program will be starting in August, which I think would be great if you are thinking about starting a business. Um, If you already have a vision, a business and you want to make it more profitable or thinking about working with me one-on-one, just contact me. Um, You can contact me at Daphne at DaphneBowson.com or you can go to my website. And you'll see a way that you can book a complimentary consultation with me. But I look forward to hearing from you and I look forward to serving you in any way um, that I can. And for my nonprofit, it's called Project Inspire, www.inspirethemovement.org. That's okay. www.inspirethemovement.org. And you can subscribe to our list and kind of keep updated with what we're doing It's a youth development nonprofit, um, youth scholarships, youth empowerment, youth development um, organization. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Daphne. I'm-
1: appreciate your time. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure.
0: That's all I have for you today, friends. If you're interested in leveling up in your career, creativity, or your confidence, schedule a free consultation at sheventuresnow.com.